0: Hey, thanks for being here today. I am excited about what God has in store for you. And I want you to know that you have picked a great day to be at Calvary, not just because it's Resurrection Sunday and we celebrate a risen Savior, a sovereign God, and a soon-coming King. But you have joined us this morning as we begin a new series entitled CrossFit. Because it is in the cross that God gives us everything that we need for life and godliness. Everything that we need to live life as more than an overcomer. He, that's, that's his promise to us. His promise to, it, it, is that we will walk in victory. That we will walk in strength. And that we will walk in destiny. In fact, here's what it says in, in Hebrews chapter 12. In fact, if, if you've got your Bibles, I would, would encourage you to go ahead and, and flip to that, 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 that area. New Testament. You'll go through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you'll begin to get into the letters that Paul wrote. Close to the back, you'll find the book of Hebrews. Why don't you turn to the book of Hebrews. And there in Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, therefore. Therefore. I always find that statement in Scripture, therefore, interesting. Because typically when you see that word, therefore, there's something pretty powerful that's coming after it. Because of everything that God has done. And because of the testimony that we have of history, you know there has never been an archaeological find that has disproven scripture. But over and over again, here's what we find. We find that the word of God, the principles of God, the promises of God being proven over and over and over again. And we have this wonderful history. We have this, this wonderful picture. And the writer of Hebrews says this. He says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us, and I love this term, let us throw off everything that hinders us. Right? Life sure gets interesting, doesn't it? It Gets challenging. I will regularly say this, that if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Right? And we're supposed to throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. I think that's a powerful word picture as well. What are we supposed to do? Here's what we're supposed to do. And let us, and let us. Can I offer you a little, little, little thought on that? One of the things that I love about what Hebrews 12 says, we tend to live in a world, we tend to live in a culture that is very individualized and very idealistic. We tend to live this cubicle existence. But that was never God's design. It is not good that man live alone, God's word says. God has designed us to live in community. In fact, let me share this with you. For those of you that are here, that you're here for the first time in a long time, for those who are watching at home via live stream, we're excited that you're watching via live stream, but understand this. There are over 30 commandments that God has given you that you cannot fulfill. In other words, you cannot live life to its full. You cannot live the life that God has called you to live without having connection with the body of Christ. Without being connected to a church family. And what it says here in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, and let us. I love the fact that it says, let us. Now, I'm a runner. Well, that's not true. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, well, it is true that I'm a runner. People ask me, they say, do you enjoy running? And I say, absolutely not. I, I do not enjoy running. I hate running. But here's what I really enjoy. I enjoy eating. And, uh, and there was, a, there was a, a time in my life when I could eat whatever I wanted, right? And I was, man, I was as, as thin as a rail. But about 10 years ago, this magical thing happened in my life. I, I, I passed by forty, right? I'm 51 years old. I passed by 40, and something strange happens when you're 40 years old. Those of you that are under 40, you cannot relate to this on any level. Those of us that are over 40, we tend to tend to know and understand, and actually have a little bit of a bitterness towards menus now that have a calorie count on them, right? We we were out to dinner after the Good Friday service Friday evening, and everything that I wanted, the number was way too large. I I think it's a, I think it is a a a plan a ploy that comes straight out of the pit of hell. This thing calories. And anyway, I, I'm am a runner, and I run because it, it's just it's, it's it's my way. It's the it's the, the the plan plan that I have found that helps me uh, burn calories the best. Uh, and I run often, I run alone. But you know what I find? I find that I can run longer and I can run quicker when I'm running with someone. And and here's what Hebrews 12 says. It says we're not supposed to run alone. It says, let us. Let us. Let us run this race. Right. Let us run this race. Let us run the race with perseverance that has been marked out for us And when we're doing that, here's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Scorning its shame and then then defeating the cross, defeating death, hell, and the grave, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. Consider the one who endured the cross, but more than that, overcame the cross. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men recognize the victory that we have in him so that we do not grow weary and lose heart. God, we thank you for your word. We ask that you'd make it a, a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. Help us to hide your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. God, we, we commit this time to you. We thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Over the next four weeks, we're going to focus on this thing CrossFit. And in CrossFit, there, there, are, there are four elements of, of fitness, Okay? And those four elements are this. It's endurance, strength, power, and balance. Endurance, strength, power, and balance. And over the next four weeks, we're going to focus on those four principles. And I want to look at it not in the context of our physical body, but I want to look at it in context of our spiritual life, our spiritual body. Understand this, that Every decision that you make is a decision of the mind, the will, and the emotion. The mind, the will, and the emotion. Okay? And, and so we understand this that the mind is what, we, is what we grasp intellectually. The will is what are the decisions that we make spiritually. Right? And the emotion, that, 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 that kind of is self explanatory. But every decision that you make is a decision of the mind, the will, and the emotion. So we are impact or, impacted or we're influenced mentally, intellectually. Spiritually and emotionally. And so it's important that we look at not just the physical aspect of who we are, but we also have an understanding and a reference point of this thing of our our spiritual life or our spiritual body. And so I want to look at endurance and what it looks like uh, beyond the natural and the supernatural, what endurance looks like in, in the spiritual realm. And and we see here in, in Hebrews chapter 12. We see four principles that help us to embrace God's endurance strategy. The first thing that I want to point out to you is this, is we have to deal with the distractions in our life. Right? That's what Hebrews 12 says. It says, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off all these things that hinder us. Let us throw off all these things that hinder us and the sin that so easily entangles we live a life that is, it is replete with distractions. Let me give you, let me give you an example. I, I've already mentioned my age, so it, there's, there's I, I, can, I can tell you this, and, and you can just relate to me as this, this old dude on the platform, uh, but back in my day, you know, it pains me even to say that, back in my day. I remember sitting in the seat and hearing a guy say, back in my day, and go, man, that guy's seriously old, back in my day. Back in the day... I remember back in my day, we had three television channels. And in our town, it was four, six, and eight. Right? ABC, NBC, CBS. Somebody said to me this morning as I was just sharing with them what I was going to say, and they said, they said, and PBS. I said, not my town. Okay? Y- y'all came from the big city. In my town, we had ABC, NBC, CBS. 10 o'clock was the evening news. Johnny Carson came on, and as soon as Johnny Carson was done, they played the national anthem with an American flag flaving, and then there was this Indian chief thing that appeared on the screen for about 30 seconds, and then you heard, beep. Anybody else remember that? The average household in America today has 195 channels. 195 channels. The average household only watches 17 of them. I don't know what we need those 195 channels for. Well, yeah, I do, because how else are we going to be able to go, nope? No, no, oh, no, no, I don't even know. What are they selling? I need one of those. No. <laughs> right? Where else can you learn about the amazing Wow? Channel 127. There's all these things that can, that can vie for our attention. And listen, if you're here and you're a young person and you don't watch TV because you're hip and cool, I get it, Okay. Right? We don't need TV. We've sworn off TV. TV is for that, that, that older generation. Let me talk to you about your smartphones for a moment. Yeah, come on, raise and proud. Smartphones. The average person uses their smartphone 85 times per day. Oh, I don't use my phone 85 times a day. I guarantee you, 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 you don't realize how many times you check. I got to see, I got to check my email. I, I got to, here's what I know I got to check. I got to check Facebook because I got to see, or I got to check see what's going on with Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, blah, 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 blah. Ah. Okay, in those 85 times we touch our phone, like, or, or we pick up our phone, the number of times we actually do something, the average person, 2,517 times. What this means is this, it means you will touch your iPhone, Android, iPhone if you're a Christian, Android, you know, if you're, you know, somehow connected to the Antichrist, Um, but you will touch your smartphone a million times a year, a million times. I would wonder what would happen, yeah, somebody just texted me an, an Android comment, so I would just tell you, I would just tell you, pray through. I wonder what would happen if we, if we made a connection with God 10% of those times. How about 1% of those times? But we have all these things, right, that vie for our time, vie for our attention. And listen, it's not just technology. Let's talk about the hurts that tend to grab our attention. The unhealthy habits that consume our mind and control our day. These, these warped ideas right and these tangents that we that we so willingly and foolishly embrace. Here's what Here's what the writer of Hebrews says Let us throw off everything that hinders. I, I, I have these shoes that I wear for running. Running shoes. I do not wear these shoes when I run. I have different shoes that I wear for running. And one of the things that I look for in running shoes is this: I want them to provide a high degree of support. I want them to, to provide a high a high degree of cushion. In fact, running shoes, when they still look good, are worn out because inside the sole they have the. In, in essence, they have shock absorbers, right? And, and and those shoes will wear out after about three hundred miles of running. For me, that's about two months. They'll they'll run out, they'll wear out in about two months. If you look at them, they still look brand new. But they um, the, the 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 shock absorption is gone. And uh, in purchasing shoes, one of the things I, 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 I one of the other things I look for I look for support. I look for that cushion, right? That good shock absorption. But the other thing that I want is I want them to be light. I want them to be very light because the last thing that I want to do is be carrying heavy weight. The difference between running in track shoes and running in running shoes and running in work boots is substantial, wouldn't you think? However, so many of us, we're trying to run the race that's set before us, and we're running a marathon in steel-toed boots. And we're carrying all this extra weight. We're carrying all this extra baggage. Here's what it looks like. It looks like unforgiveness. It looks like unhealthy, unwholesome habit. It looks like misconceptions and misbelief. It looks like religious dogma that is unhealthy and unbiblical. And all this baggage, here's what it does. It fatigues us. And friend, fatigue makes cowards. Let me ask you a personal question. What is it that you're carrying that's hindering you? Maybe it's a, maybe it's a conflict that you've had with a church person, maybe it's a disagreement that you've had with a church leader, a pastor. Maybe it's a maybe it's an issue that you've not been able to get victory over in your life. And you've you've given up. Maybe you've bought in to one of Satan's many lies that he will tell people that keep them. Maybe for you, it's the idea that you that you're convinced that you run best alone. Well, here's what the Word of God says. It says that we've got to deal with those distractions. Let us throw off, let us throw off everything that hinders, right? So let us throw off that extra weight, and let us also throw off these, those things that entangle us, right? Those things that, that snag us. We've got to deal with those things. Because the race that you're running, this race that's called life, can I offer you this? It's pretty important. It's pretty important. Because that destination is significant. So we, we, have, to, we have to deal with the distractions. And not only do we have to deal with the distractions, but, but here's what we have to do. We have to, we have to run with intentionality or we have to move forward with determination. The the, the scripture that we're looking at this morning, it goes on to say this. It says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Some of us, it's not the issue of, of the things that hinder us or the sin that entangles us. Sometimes it's just the, I quit. I quit. And here's what I can promise you. That quitters never win. I know some of you are sitting here right now and you're going, wow, that's one of the most profound things I've ever heard. I get it, so I'm going to let it sink in. Wait. Okay. Quitters never win. Now, now why do we quit? There, there, there's, there's a number of reasons why we quit. One of the biggest reasons why we quit is fear. Right? Fear, and, and, and a lot of times it's this, it's the fear of failure. So it's easier to quit than to lose. I had, a, I had a friend who used to say this. He used to say, you know what? If I can't win, I cheat. If I can't cheat, I quit. Because as we all know, according to the gospel of Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. And, uh, and so, you know, if I'm not going to come in first, I'm just going to quit. So uh, oftentimes what happens is this. is It's that, it's that issue of, of fear. So, so what happens if I don't make it? What happens if I do? We'll quit because it's because because it's not easy we'll quit because it's uncomfortable every time i go out to run without exception something in my body tells me to quit all right and i know there are some of you here that you will say jokingly well you should listen to your body can i offer you this we have to push beyond the voices we have to push beyond the discomfort that which is worthwhile is always an uphill climb and we simply cannot quit i know i know i know i know that you're that you're sitting here and i know that in your life that if you look that you've got a long list of things that you quit i've got good news for you are you ready it's a new day. It's a new day. And I, I love this principle that God gives us. He says this. It, 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 it's from a statement by, by the Apostle Paul. And Paul said this, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, it, it, it doesn't make any sense to try to fix yesterday. It doesn't, it doesn't help to be, to be entangled by our past hurts and our past pains. And we can't do anything about what happened last week. But here's what we can do. We can experience victory today. We can be an overcomer tomorrow. Our life can have impact this week. It's all about today. It's all about, it's all about moving forward. We can't let let fear, we can't let discomfort or anger or self-pity someone's negative opinions, past failures, unrealistic expectations. We, We can't allow those things to keep us. Listen, the easiest mistake to make is to lose sight of our goal. Failure is temporary. Quitting is permanent. And in the end, someone or something all too often gives up. It's either we who give up and quit, or the obstacle in front of us gives up and makes way for our success to come through. We cannot quit. That's what Galatians 6.9 says. In Galatians 6.9 it says this, let us not become weary, let us not become weary in well-doing, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest, for at the proper time we'll have victory. If we, if we simply don't quit, 90 percent of life is showing up. So So this endurance that God has called us to, we have to deal with the distractions. The, the second thing that we have to do is we have to move forward with determination. Once you deal with the distractions and, and you start moving forward with the determination, you know one of the things that's important? It's important the direction that you're heading. Right? It seems every year, every year there's a story of a major race that happens somewhere, of a marathon that happens somewhere. The, 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 one, of the, one of the epics was in the, in, the, in the Olympics, right? Where a person has ran a, a marathon 26 miles. 26.2 miles. And at mile 25.5, all of a sudden they make a wrong turn. Let's where, go, where, where are you, where where are you going? Right? The uh, the, the 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 biggest was in, in the Olympics, they had these these motorcycles, these police motorcycles, that were leading the marathon to where nobody got in the way. Right? They get to the end, they're a thousand yards away from the finish line, and the motorcycles turn. To get out of the way, that way the runners can pass through the finish line, right? There will be great picture opportunities and stuff like that and, and just the, the, this, this great grand finish. So the motorcycles turn and the person that's leading the marathon by quite a long time, a while just follows the motorcycles. And everybody's running, hey, 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 hey. But he's running so quickly and so close to the motorcycles that he can't hear. Here's what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced that some of us have come in here today and we're running really fast, but we're running without direction. We're either running aimlessly or we're running from that which we should be running to. Some of those passionate people that I meet in in, in life are people who are passionately running from God. And can I, just on a personal note, can I offer this? It's something that I don't get. I don't get. I don't get the passionately running from God. And I don't get it because God demonstrated His love for us and that while we were yet sinners, His Son died on the cross for us. I guess I do get it. I, I get it because Far too many people have bought into a misconception of who God is and what God is like. And God is not some big bloodshot eyeball in the sky, lightning bolt in hand, waiting for you to do something wrong to where he can zap you. Okay, All those rules and regulations, those are things that religion has tried to impress upon you, and they have very little to do with God. And can I offer you this? They have very little, they have very little to do with what this church is all about. Okay? Now... In full candor, we have, we have our moments where the religious spirit will kind of it will, it will try to raise up its ugly head. We'll have that. Okay, In a room this size, I want you to know this. You coming in here, there's a good chance that somebody in this room will judge you. That's not what we're about. Let me say that again. That's not what we're about. And, and by the way, if we come to find out about it, uh, we will not judge you, but we will judge them a little bit, just, just a little bit, right? Because the last thing that we want is the church should not be a distraction, okay? And and, and and I want to say this. I want to say that if you're here, right, and you just come on Christmas and Easter or, or maybe you just watch via video because you've been hurt by the church, it's time for you to stop letting the enemy use your hurt as a trap to keep you bound and it's time for you to reconnect. It's time for you to reconnect because you've allowed the enemy to have victory in somebody else's life and use that to have victory in your life. And it's 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 un, it's unhealthy. It's not good. We we have to we have to be focused, right? Let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. In fact, here's the big question. This is the number one question of the day. What are you moving toward? Let me say that again. What are you moving toward? Now, if you're like a lot of people in this room, your honest answer to that question is, I don't know. I don't know. Because far too many people uh, Thoreau said it right when he said this, all men lead, lead lives of quiet desperation. He was mostly right. It's not true of all men. Most men, most people lead lives of quiet desperation. Most people live lives. You know the saying, uh, "There uh, uh, some who make things happen, some who watch, thing ha- watch things happen, and most who wonder what happened. Right? We tend to live our life without focus. We tend to live our life without aim. Then there's a portion of us that are here that we're running and and we're we're running in in a a direction. But it's a direction that ultimately it it is unfulfilling. Or or even if it provides some fulfillment, that fulfillment is really hollow. Right? Some of us, we're running in the direction of, of fame. And we really, on some levels, we don't care how we get it some of us were running in the direction of, of success and, and again we're, there's there's some influence and even some impact on our value system because our ultimate goal is success some of us were, were just we're running towards experience you know i just want to i just want to go from experience to experience to experience And here's what the word God says. It, says. it says, I do not run as one who has no aim. I do not, if I'm boxing, I do not box and swing at the air. But no, I, I do this with intentionality. I, I do this with, with focus. And, and when I look at, when I look at what the destination is, when I look at what the, the destination is, Looks like the choice becomes very clear. Becomes very clear. You know, people chase success. It's interesting that people chase success, knowing that success is massively hollow, right? An, an amazing true statistic that that just on some level it it amazes me. But on on many levels, it doesn't surprise me, is the reality that the higher the per capita income of a population, the higher that goes up, the higher the suicide rate goes up. The highest suicide areas in the nation also have the highest per capita income. Why is that? Because what happens is this, is people chase this issue of success, And when they get there and they find out that it's profoundly hollow, they're left with a sense of hopelessness. Now, the people group that has the highest suicide rate is entertainment. It's entertainment. It seems like you can't go a week without hearing that a headline entertainer has either intentionally taken their life or has died at a young age because of abuse. Because of the abuse of their body. Because what happens is this, is they chase after wealth, they chase after fame, and then they find out when they get there that at the end of the rainbow, there is no pot of gold. I love I love what the Apostle Paul said when he got to the end of his life and his ministry. He said this, he said, I have, I have fought the good fight. I have I've kept the faith. I've I finished the race and now there is laid up for me in heaven a crown of righteousness that the Lord himself will give to me on that day. Right? Paul said, I'm I'm anxious to go. I'm anxious to go. Because he discovered this is it. This is, this is what we were made for. This was God's plan for us. God created us that we would have a, an eternal destiny. God created us that we would have an eternal life. in are the activities of our day and the relationships that make up our people group and the thoughts that dominate our consciousness... Are they focused on that destination? Or are we meandering? We Deal with the distractions. We move forward with an intentionality, with a, with a, with a devotion. Un- understanding the destination that, that God has for us. And then lastly, finally, this issue of protecting our heart. The end of the verse that we're looking at, those two verses that we're looking at this morning, says this, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let me share that with you again. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that you will not grow weary And lose heart. It's interesting to me. It doesn't say so that you will not grow weary and become confused. Losing heart. You see, because that's, that's really the biggest determiner, isn't it? Yeah mentally we can go a lot of different directions and life can give us all kinds of information and and we can have all kinds of different questions remember I said at the beginning that every decision that you make is a decision of the mind, the will and the emotion you know what they'll teach you in marketing class those of you that are in business I'm sure that you've heard this The vast vast majority of decisions that are made are made emotionally and backed up logically. Let me say that again. The vast majority of emotions are made emotionally and backed up logically. Let's talk about our major purchases. We go to purchase a car. Now I know there's the one guy in here that says, ah, there's no emotion in it for me. I buy a white car. I look at Consumer Reports and I, I know, sir. God bless you. You're fun. Anyway, um, I, did I just say that out loud? Yeah. You're not wired like most of us, okay? Uh, you might be robotic. And, uh, but for, for the overwhelming majority of people, we make decisions emotionally and we back, back them up logically, right? Most of you, you go and you look at it. You're, you're shopping for a new car and you go, that's it. That's the one I want. Look at that. Look how That's pretty, right? Yeah, I, want, I know what I want. I want something that, that goes fast and the top goes down. That's what I want, right? Because I'm just imagining how good I'll look, you know, my hair. Well, maybe not my hair, but um, that's, where, that's where I want to be, right? We know what we want. Of course, then we go to the car dealership and then reality sets in because what we want and what our budget says we can afford are two different things. But, but we still, we make those decisions emotionally, and they back them up logically. Am I the only man here who has explained to his wife why you need the 70-inch television set? I, I, here's, here's my line. Are you ready for this? And men, it, this, you can use this if you want. You know, sweetheart, we want to invite people who don't know Christ into our home. And the last thing that we would want them to think is that it's not worthwhile to serve God. And I can just tell you, my friends who are not Christ followers, if they see a 70-inch TV, they will praise the Lord. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ministry tool, sweetheart. It's for missions. Right? See, we, we make our decisions in life emotionally and then we, we back them up logically. We'll use logic to defend our decisions, not to make our decisions for the most part. And, and, and here's what, here's what it, it says in Hebrews chapter 12. It says that we're supposed to keep our eyes on Jesus. Right? Who for the joy that was before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you do not become weary and lose heart. It's a worthwhile race. It really is. It's a a worthwhile race. The, The finish is really important. How about for you? What's the finish line you're moving towards? What eternal destiny are you embracing? Because this is key. And if you get nothing else out of our time together this morning, get this. That the path that you take Not the desire that you have determines your destination. People think that their passion determines their destination. Your passion doesn't determine your destination, your path determines your destination. Right? I've had those seasons in my life that my passion was to lose 10 pounds, and my path was Cheesecake Factory. You know what won. It's your path, not your passion. But man, you know when life really works and when life really gets great, it's when our path and our passion aligns. And so... This morning, I, I want to leave you with this thought. There's, there's no greater passion than responding to the passion of God. And the passion of God is evidenced in the cross. The passion of God is evidenced in an empty tomb. And that passion, when we connect our passion with that passion, God says this, for I know the plans I have for you. I know the path that I've laid out for you. Let us run this race with perseverance, fixing our eyes on Jesus and never losing heart how's your passion this morning because the God of all creation is saying this I I want your passion to be that which I have for you that which I have in store for you God is a rewarder it has always been God's desire to bless his children And if that is your passion, can we just take a moment to consider our path? I want to be a I want to be a strong Christian. I want to be a I want to be a God follower. But life, wow. Friend, brought, friend, God brought you here today to bring new definition, to bring clarity, to bring a spiritual fitness into your being, endurance, strength, power, balance. And it starts with passion and path. So God, I I thank you for each person that's here. I I, I thank you that it is not by accident. It is by design that they are here. God, they might think they came to appease a parent. They think they might have came to, to simply check a religious box. But God, in your design, in your economy, you you have brought them here for something that is more substantial, profoundly more significant. You have brought them here to bring encouragement into their moment and clarity into their day. And God, you want to ignite in them for the first time or, or maybe for the first time in a long time a connection with you a heart for you, a a passion for the things that really matter, the things that are eternal. And God, we know that there is a spiritual battle happening right now in this place that the enemy is going to try to discourage and distract, confuse, frustrate. But I thank you, God, that, that in the spiritual battle that's happening, that greater is he that is in us, that you are greater. And in you we are more than conquerors. And so I thank you, God, that in this moment, that all across this room, there is clarity, focus. And all across this room, that we can sense you tenderly tugging us towards you. Passion. Towards you. You path and so we start God was saying this that we admit that we've not done it right we admit that we've done in in, in many parts of our life that we've chosen to do it our own way we've done it imperfectly sin imperfection missing the mark so we, we confess that we are imperfect that we are sinners But we turn to you, God. We turn to the one who is without sin to be our guide and, 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 and more than our guide uh, to take control and to be the one that, in response to our passion, determines our path. We we've tried running the race our own way we, we've tried following our own path and it's becoming pretty clear that it doesn't work so so today God we we turn to you thank you that you're helping us even now to deal with the distractions you're, you're creating with us a, a, a sense of determination to chase the destination. You're dealing with our heart, our devotion. And we surrender to you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando.